Global markets are on tenterhooks this morning to find out what the Fed has done and what it thinks will happen next year. And in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's head of Asia research, Kun Go, explains how Vietnam can keep growing to become a true upper middle income economy after its working age population has peaked. So it no longer has the growing working age and labour force to drive growth going forward. Uh, So a lot of that now needs to come from increased productivity growth. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ, global stock and bond markets, as well as currencies, are eagerly awaiting the Fed's decision due after 6am Sydney Melbourne time. Markets are expecting the Fed to hold, but will be watching its dot plot for an indication of where the Fed funds rate will go next year and whether market expectations have gotten ahead of the Fed. As of 5am Sydney Melbourne time, the Aussie dollar was up a touch at 65.67 US cents and the Kiwi dollar down a touch at 61.23 US cents. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq were flat and the US 10-year yield was down 5 basis points at 4.11%, just ahead of the Fed's decision. Number two, Australia's federal budget position is looking much healthier thanks to stronger economic growth than expected and higher mining royalties. Here's ANZ rate strategist Jack Chambers on the scale of the improvement and what might happen next. The budget position for the current financial year, the 23-24 financial year, improved by $12.8 billion. Previously, they'd been projecting a deficit of $13.9 billion, and that was reduced all the way to a deficit of $1.1 billion. What they're doing, I think, is setting up for the prospect or the possibility that when we get the budget in May of next year, that they add some extra fiscal stimulus or fiscal spending, depending on how the economy looks. Number three, another reason for Australia's budget improving to almost being in surplus is bracket creep. This is where nominal incomes rise through tax thresholds and more income is taxed at higher rates. Here's Jack. Australia doesn't index its uh, tax brackets, unlike some other countries, and given the fairly strong nominal wages growth we're getting in Australia, whilst real wages are falling, nominal wages have lifted, um, that does have an element of bracket creep that contributes to this. Number four, New Zealand's GDP figures for the September quarter are out later today. ANZ New Zealand Chief Economist Sharon Zollner is expecting 0.3% growth for the quarter. That's down from 0.9% in the June quarter, but up only 0.6% from a year ago. This is all about New Zealand's economy slowing down in response to the Reserve Bank's rate hikes between late 2021 and the end of 2022. But what is clear is that the economy on a per capita basis is is very weak. The much higher interest rates are really starting to bite, as is the cooler housing market, as is the weaker commodity prices. So, of course, it's not one-way traffic. The tourism rebound has been impressive and hopefully will take another leg up this summer with the return of of Chinese tourists in larger numbers, for example – um, and of course, house prices are now rising again rather than falling. So, but overall, the economy has weakened significantly, as was the Reserve Bank's plan a year ago when they hiked rates by 75 basis points last November and, and pretty much admitted they were going to cause a deliberate recession. Of course, we haven't had a recession and most people are not expecting one now. Number five, there's big news from China, where the senior leaders there just held their Central Economic Work Conference for the year and produced a readout of what they want in the year ahead. ANZ's senior strategist in China, Zhao Pangxing, says there wasn't more big stimulus, as some had hoped. 
I think the stock market is a little bit disappointing because lack of larger scale stimulus, and also the bond market looks good because if China don't roll out the stimulus, that means the bond yield will go lower. So at this moment, we I think the market has priced in a lower GDP growth rate and no stimulus going forward. 那你自己需要胖型的。Now, in part one of our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's Kun Go explains why Vietnam's economy is powering ahead in the shadow of China's. Partly in spite of that shadow, and partly because of it, he's written a note about how quickly Vietnam will move from being a lower middle income economy to an upper middle income economy. So Vietnam emerged as a lower middle income economy in 2009 when its、uh, gross national income per capita crossed the U.S. $1,000 mark. Since then, it has grown very rapidly on the back of attracting a lot of foreign direct investment flows.、Uh, its overall exports to global trade has increased, and as a result, it has really helped to lift the income prospects of its. Population as of 2022, its GNI per capita has quadrupled to roughly 4,000 US dollars, and we expect Vietnam to meet the threshold of an upper middle income country by 2025. The government has、uh, put in place a goal of achieving a developed and high income status by 2050, so the middle of this century. Uh, though it has been successful in growing rapidly in the last decade or so,、uh, what got it here isn't necessarily going to be what gets it there. There are a few、uh, things that need to really improve.、Uh, one is demographically.、Uh, Vietnam has now entered the late demographic dividend、uh, stage. Its working age population, as a percentage of、uh, overall population, has peaked. So it no longer has the growing working age and labor force to drive growth going forward.、Uh, so a lot of that now needs to come from increased productivity growth.、Uh, in this area,、uh, Vietnam has a good foundation to build on. Its、uh, school students tend to do very well in international assessments, but where Vietnam falls behind is in higher and tertiary education. So greater focus needs to be placed on that,、uh, particularly around. And government funding for higher education.、Uh, in terms of、uh, productivity from capital,、uh, its overall capital to labor ratio is quite low, so that still offers tremendous potential、uh, for Vietnam to boost growth from、uh, further increase in capital investment, particularly from FDI, but also from government、uh, projects around infrastructure, which can really significantly boost、uh, productivity growth. Could you talk about that demographic dividend and how Vietnam is is in the late stage of that, and how that compares with other Asian countries with similar growth trajectories? So, you know, Vietnam's、uh, working age population peaked at a lower per capita income level compared to some of its、uh, neighbors, such as uh, Malaysia. Uh, there are other countries in Southeast Asia which. Uh, still has a growing working age population,、uh, such as Philippines and India, where we can expect further、uh, positive demographic dividend for at least another decade.、Uh, so for Vietnam, it's、uh, not at the same camp as say Singapore or South Korea, which is already seeing an aging in the population. But it's it's the late dividend 
uh, stage uh, where it can no longer rely on increased uh, fast pace of growth of its working age population. And where is that capital investment to improve the productivity going to come from? In the past decade or so, a lot of that has uh, come from foreign capital. Uh, Vietnam is a magnet for FDI, uh, and it has been very successful in uh, attracting and will continue to be successful in attracting more FDI inflows, particularly as a lot of multinationals look to diversify their production away from uh, China. But there also needs to be more focus on uh, building up uh, domestic capital as well. In the structure of Vietnam's economy is very much tilted towards uh, foreign firms, uh, which has been able to move Vietnam up the income stage so far. ANZ's Kuhn Go there. And tomorrow in part two, he explains how Vietnam is benefiting from friendshoring and offshoring in an era of competition between China and the United States. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, December the 14th. Look out tomorrow for the latest from the Fed. The European Central Bank decision is due, and we'll find out what happened with New Zealand GDP. 